Welcome to Revive Family, Parenting in the 21st Century with researcher, author, lecturer, counselor, and coach, Jeff Schott. Jeff has written Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents become important influencers in guiding their kids to success. He also wrote the book, Going, Going, Gone, about kids departing the faith they were raised in. Learn more about the program and the book at revivefamily.com. I'm quite excited about this particular program we're doing today. Jeff Schott is in the studio. His daughter Jennifer is, and the topic is father-daughter relationships. I have three daughters myself, and I'm very close to those daughters, but I look forward to hearing the uniqueness of your relationship. Well, at the same time, if you've got some things to add, we'd love to have you. But, you know, it's been a privilege to have had the opportunity to do the research I did with all the students because it did change everything I was doing as a parent. And I attribute what all those kids told me and how brutally honest they were with me to changing my heart and softening my heart and helping me look at parenting through a completely different lens. And it really has produced, I think, a very unique relationship between Jen and I. And I think maybe the greatest testament to that is she's at an intervarsity retreat while she's in college, and she comes back and calls and says, hey, Dad, you know, I think God's calling me to go into full-time ministry. And I'm like, great, you know, wherever you want to go. And the next thing she says is, I think he's calling me to join your ministry. How many ministry leaders can say their kids are going into full-time ministry, let alone wanting to join and work with? Join Dad in that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. When did you make that decision? Last spring, I was at my retreat with InterVarsity, and we were studying the first half of the book of Mark, which is all about discipleship. And it really just struck me right then and there I that I really wanted to help people. And I was going to school to become a teacher at the time, and I was like, that's helping people, but that's not the way of helping people I want to do. And Dad said, welcome aboard. Yes, he did. And we had fun working together this summer. Yes, we did. A lot of laughs. <laughs> so it's certainly lots of positive aspects that are the result of a strong father-daughter relationship. Right. Definitely. And I know Jennifer did some research, actually, uh, to writing a blog on this topic. And so, Jennifer, what surprised you in the research? Because I know you came out and kind of almost went off a little with me about the research that you read. I, I ranted. I did rant for a while. What I found is that almost every single article that I read about good father-daughter relationships gave the father, you know, if you have a good relationship with your daughter, you're giving her a better, she's going to be better academically, she's going to be better athletically, and she's going to have a better career path. And that's basically almost the only thing they said. And I was like, that's not at all what is going to be better if you have a better relationship with your father. There's way more than just that. But hidden in that is certainly confidence, I think, right? Right. Well, that's been true for you. I mean, you were dyslexic. You were really struggling in school. You're doing great in college. It's been true what the findings that when there's a good relationship between a father and daughter that they that they do better academically, they do better in their relationships with the opposite sex, they do better with their career. That's all true and, and that's proven. But the research didn't really say what parents needed to do to have that relationship. All they said was that they had surveys with women from their late 
20s to early 30s and they asked him if they had a good relationship with their father and if from there they asked them about their lives and decided if they had success in these areas i was like sitting there thinking hmm they're not saying at all why their relationships are better and what you can do to make those relationships better so i I better write something about this (laughs) (laughs) so you are an authority and your dad is too because you have this strong bond and it's evolved over time because jeff you were the authoritarian for a while right until you realized through all your research and the experimentation with your own kids, that there was a better way. <laughs> they were guinea pigs, yeah. Uh, relationship rather than rules. Relationship rather than rules. Really important. And I know that Jennifer, in her blog, went through and identified you know, five different areas that have been really important to her that she believes created the closer, tight-knit relationship where she feels like she can talk about anything with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jennifer, what's, what are those five things that you want to talk about with dads today and encourage them to do with their daughters? Okay. The five most important relationship components between me and my dad is support, trust, a listening ear, physical touch, and unconditional love. And I'm sure when you said physical touch, a lot of <laughs> ears went up, and we'll get there in just a minute. But uh, I, I know it has been really important, and I look forward to talking about it when we get there. So support. What does it mean for a girl who's age 10, 11, 12, 13, 15, 16 to be supported? I mean, a lot of people, when they think of support, it's like, I'm supporting my child. I'm sending them to school. I'm helping them with their homework, yada, yada, yada. That's not it. Support them in their endeavors, their goals, what they want to do with their life. They have dreams and ambitions and and support in those, correct? Yeah, support them in, you know, if your daughter looks at you one day and she's 10 years old and she says, Dad, I want to be an astronaut, it looks really cool, say cool, let's do some research on that. Let's look into that. See if you that's something you really want to do. Because uh, right now, my dad's actually doing that with my 11-year-old brother. He He's looking into wanting to be a pilot, and my dad's actually helping him look into that. Mm-hmm. And that support means so much to a kid. And so if your little, you know, 10-year-old girl comes up to you and says, I really want to be an astronaut, and you look at her and you say, oh, honey, you're never going to be an astronaut. Oh, my gosh, the heart sinks so much. Mm -hmm. Well, I I know where this really gets difficult for parents is when they want to be a musician or an artist. And so many parents don't see that as a viable career path and then discourage that. And that can really do damage to kids because I've coached them. I've coached some really wounded kids who are doing things that they're not fulfilled by. They're in their twenties and their careers really aren't advancing in the, the, in what they're doing because it's not their passion. It's not their vision. It's not their drive. And, uh, so I think this support area also goes into the emotional support area as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, just allowing your kid to come to you and and say, I'm having issues with this and I need help. And you to sit there and and actually listen to their problem and and help them move through their emotions and help them figure out what they want to do with the issue. Hmm. What they want to do with the issue. 
Yes, not what they. we think is the right answer for them to do with the issue. Right. What I found is if you listen to our podcast on the Holy Spirit, when our kids are pointed towards the Holy Spirit and we start to ask questions and help them come to their own conclusions, they come to great conclusions. They come to great decisions. I've yet to see them make a really bad decision with this more open-handed, emotionally connected listening approach because it helps them engage and think through things as we ask them questions. It forces them to think. And as they think and they start thinking about their future, they go, well, maybe this isn't the best thing for me to go do. So this emotional support, this career vision support, really important. Mm -hmm. And that segues very nicely into the second topic, which is trust. You said you always felt that your parents trusted you, especially going off to college. Yeah. But you know, when you were at home and they said, well, okay, we'll give you the keys and you can go with your friends. But didn't they ask a few questions? Didn't they want to be sure that uh, they were up to speed on what you were going to be doing and where you'd be and all of that? Not really. I was the okay. one that was like, hey, mom, dad, you said I could have the car. I'm just going to go pick up Christina at her house and take her to the movies. Um, then we're going to go have lunch and I'll be back around this time, hopefully. Okay. So you let them know exactly where you would be so they could relax. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't really ask the questions because of the culture in the home. When we stepped back and started to trust them, then they felt free to share and they wanted to share and they wanted the support. Like she talked about of knowing that, you know, since we lose cell service for 10 minutes of the drive coming to our house, she would call and tell us you know, hey, I'm heading home. I, I should be home in about 30 minutes. We never asked her to do that. She did it because she was thinking of her own safety. Mm. And I found when parents step back in, in the parenting process and in the coaching, the kids step forwards. So it's sounding to me like when the parents step back, you're teaching responsibility in that, in that setting by stepping away and saying, it's up to you. Right. To the child. It's up to you. Right. Make these decisions. Not only that, but a lot of kids nowadays, the people I run into at college, have a hard time making decisions. And that's because their parents never let them make the hard decisions when they were at home. So you see that a lot. So trust, though, why is trust important to the relationship between a father and a daughter? I mean, your daughter doesn't feel like she's being trusted. She won't put trust in you. And I find that that is just, it's really important that if you extend the trust to your daughter, your daughter's going to have another avenue to open up and discuss more things with you. Mm-hmm. And I think you even wrote in your blog that, that your dad had shared with you that trust is the foundation. That's the building block in building a love relationship between a parent and a child yeah. is trust. Yeah. And that trust, that foundation keeps our kids close. It causes them to not want to let us down. They don't want to lose that trust. It gives them a great incentive to make good decisions alongside the Holy Spirit and all the other avenues that can make a big difference in kids' lives. How did we show you that trust versus your friends? Oh, I mean, it all started with sleepovers. I started realizing that when we slept over at my friend's house, we wouldn't be able to do, you know, X, Y, and Z what that we're allowed to do at our house, staying up late. We were seniors in high school, and one of my friend's parents stuck their head into the room and asked us to go to bed around 11 o'clock. And I was like, 
wait a minute. We're seniors <laughs> in high school and it's a weekend. We're here for a sleepover and you're making us go to bed at what time? When we're at my house, we stay up. We just have to be quiet because my parents just say, hey, we're going to bed. We're just over there. Can you be a little quiet? <laughs> we're going to take a quick break right here. We need to, to take a break in the program, but we have three other important topics to talk about. The listening ear, physical touch, and unconditional love, all as we're discussing the father-daughter relationship. We'll be right back with more of Revive Family, Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff and Jennifer Schott. Become part of the growing family of parents who interact with Revive Family Online. Every week we share new content, ideas, and encouraging blog posts via social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. Follow us today to receive helpful insights and ideas from myself and the Revive Family team. Many parents today fear the impact that society, social media in particular, is having on their kids. Researcher, counselor, and parenting coach Jeff Schott offers a better way to lead your kid and give you more influence than YouTube, Snapshot, or video games. Through research with 3,500 kids, Jeff developed a new way of parenting that's working for thousands of families. The program is called Influential Parenting. Get it today at revivefamily.com radio. Bring your kid's heart to life and peace to your home. Welcome back to Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott and his daughter Jennifer Schott. We're talking about the father-daughter relationship and we have been spending time on the topic of trust. Jennifer, I have this question for you. Was trust always there? What happened when you screwed up, when you made a mistake? How was it handled? Oh, my mistakes were handled in the form of my dad's going to pick me up dust me off, tell me everything's going to be okay. And then he helped me understand what happened throughout my mistake and and then helped me figure out what I need to do differently going forward. Wow, Jeff. That's impressive. I wasn't that good a dad. (laughs) Hey, I wouldn't have been if I hadn't done all the research and talked to thousands (laughs) of kids, trust me. Uh, Because I didn't start there. Uh, I definitely didn't start there. Any particular mistakes you recall? You can share how your dad reacted or your mom? I, I mean, there have been instances where I I crashed the car and, and they're sitting, I call and I'm like bawling my eyes out because I'm so worried. I just ruined my dad's car. And and they're just on the other line, line saying, it's just the car. It's it, it's an object. Are you okay? I mean, it's, it's a mistake. I, sure, I didn't mean to cat crash the car. They know that. It was an accident, and they just wanted to make sure I was okay. And we did talk a little bit later once you calmed down, and it wasn't an issue on what went wrong and what you'd learned right from it. And uh, that was that's all I care about is when they make a mistake, you know, being gentle so that they can actually think about it and not – feel more hurt and frustrated with the consequence and thinking about the consequence and how unfair it is. I want to make sure that they're actually processing it, thinking about it, and that they're coming to conclusions and what they've learned. Because we learn a ton from our mistakes if we take the time to process them. But we need to teach our kids how to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, with the gentleness and the compassion and the caring that you and Didi express, there is a learning experience there. Right. And what does that do for trust? Why does that help in the relationship with a father and a daughter? I mean, if your dad sits you down and he starts helping you understand 
what's going on in your life because it's a life is a learning process and instead of you know the smackdown i'm gonna take this away from you take this away from you take this away from you it's more of a i'm gonna help you get through this it puts a lot of trust in in this in a relationship it helps you understand that they really want to be there for you and help you move to you know bigger and better things in your future be the best you can be that's yeah. their assignment right on the father daughter relationship topic when you wrote the blog Jennifer you said that uh, three other really important topics were the listening ear physical touch and unconditional love Tell us about the listening ear from your perspective. Oh, it's so important, especially for a daughter who's getting older. It just makes you, it makes us feel so special that you're going to sit there and you're going to listen to what we have to say about our day and you're going to understand, you know, and help us understand what happened throughout our day. You know, if I got into a little argument with one of my friends, I normally told my dad about it and he would help me realize how I need to fix things with it. Um, and this always happened at night and my sister and I were night owls. Let me tell you, we could stay up all night if we wanted to, but my dad is not. So I'm um, a morning person, 5.30 a.m., let's go. So he graciously allowed us to stay up and lay in the big bed with him for 20 minutes, and we would just talk. And talk, 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 talk. Oh, my goodness. It was, I'm so tired. It was so hard. And he would engage in the conversation, mm -hmm. and he would let us know what he thought about everything. And, you know, he if we did something great, he'd be like, wow, that's fantastic. You know, he just made it feel so special that we could just go and unload every night. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't necessarily lecturing or sharing his wisdom, but allowing you to come to your own conclusions. Yeah, he was just listening. About how to grow and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we talked in a previous program about cuddle time, which is a unique experience, I think, within the Schott family. <laughs> and that's one of your five important points in the father-daughter relationship. Tell us about that. Okay, physical touch. You're, you're thinking, oh my gosh, physical touch? You're talking about this in a father-daughter radio program? What is this? No, it is really important. In fact, the research echoes that, um, that we have, humans have a need for a physical touch. And when it's not met, it does have negative effects. And it can leave our kids seeking physical touch in other ways, in other places. So why don't you share more about physical touch in our relationship? I mean, all we do is it's cuddle time. Cuddle time became a huge thing in the Schott family household. And it all started when Heather and I were really little. And we used to go and wake mom and dad up uh, on on weekend mornings and uh, we would probably stay in bed with them for about another hour. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but we would just lay there, and one would be on the other side of my dad, and I, you know, the other on the other, and he's got two arms, and we're just sitting there and just laying there, and he would sing us songs and just make us, you know, it, it would just be a really positive start to the day. Mm -hmm. And it became a daily tradition. It was a daily routine, right? Yeah, every morning before school. Yep. Get up early, start my emails at 530, get the fire started because we heat the house with wood. 
and I'm fully dressed, obviously, at this point in time. And then I'd go down and wake them up, and they would get out of bed quickly because they looked forward to cuddle time. They didn't want to miss it. So they would get out of bed, get dressed, and come up and say, Dad, big bed, and off we went to cuddle time. But it was interesting. Cuddle time spilled over um, so many times, both the girls and even my boys, my 16-year-old and my 10-year-old, uh, now 11. He just turned two. Everybody changes right at Christmas time. It's so hard. We have th- four birthdays and a Christmas and, and Christmas all crammed within a month. Uh, it's crazy. But the reality is Jennifer, even Heather, she's now married. And at Christmas time, she walked up to me. I'm sitting on the sofa and she says, Dad, let's cuddle. She's 23. And she sat down next to me and put her head on my shoulder. I put my arm around her and we talked and and she still wants that time with me, even though she's married. Right. It's a representative closeness. I mean, the touching that says spirit right. to spirit, soul to soul. Right. We're connected like this as well. Yeah. And I know there are fathers out there that probably are wondering, well, how does that work, especially as they get older? And I will tell you, you know, when Heather started to develop, um, it got awkward. You know, every once in a while when I'm cuddling with her, I bump, you know, a new body part. <laughs> and, and it was like, oh, I, you know, and I pulled away and I saw her lean in and I saw her miss it and start to request cuddle time. And I realized you know what? I have to get over my awkwardness and my uneasiness because I know I'm not doing anything wrong and she clearly has a need. And I believe that this closeness, the, both the emotional closeness, the physical touch is what caused both of my daughters to choose not to date until their senior year in, in high school when they watched all the kids starting in middle school with these crazy relationships and high school and getting hurt and all the turmoil they missed all of that because they weren't feeling unloved, unaccepted. Their needs for physical touch were being met in appropriate ways in our home. And so they just didn't have the need to go out there. They weren't desperate to find right. a boy. Right. There was a closeness right at home mm-hmm. from the time you were young. Yeah. And you knew it was there. You could trust it. You knew that there was support there. And it really was... Part of the demonstration, too, of the unconditional love, that is the fifth point that you've written about. I mean, every point that we've covered so far, the support, trust, listening ear, you know, physical touch, it's all a part of the unconditional love. And unconditional love to a kid goes beyond all of that, too. It's really important for kids that you, you talk to them as though they know more than they do. You're probably like, what? But yes, kids love to 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 feel like they have more responsibility. And you, my dad constantly puts into a lot of his stuff. You know, if you tell the kid that, that this little trinket that they're playing with is really important to you and that you don't want them to break it, they'll be really careful with it. And so just treating your kid with responsibility, respect, allowing them their own choices, their own decisions. That's part of the unconditional love. I know a part of that unconditional love, too, is really communicated in how we handle failure. And we talked about it earlier, how we handled failure, which was, you know, to, to come alongside you and pick you up and dust you off. But kids really don't feel loved when 
they encounter harsh words, lectures, uh, consequences. I'll never forget sitting with that nine-year-old boy in the living room and saying, what don't you like about your family? And I don't like having things taken away. And what do you think about when things are taken away? I think about hating my mom. And he was, the parents had called me out to talk to him because he was hitting his mom. And things were being taken away constantly. And he was coming to become harder and harder towards his mom to the point where he said, I think about hating my mom when things are taken away. So how we handle failure and handling it like Jesus handled it can go a long ways towards communicating, I love you no matter what. When you're good, when you're bad, I'm here for you. I'm going to help you figure out what went wrong, why you're in a bad mood, what's going on inside there. I will ask questions and not lecture. I mean, another important thing about this is that you don't hide the hard stuff because it's a life lesson that they need to learn. You just need to approach it in the right manner. So it's not about ducking things and enabling and allowing people to do whatever they want, but it's how you discuss it, how you bring it up, how you help them come to their own conclusions about those things. How do you feel we do at that in our house? If something goes wrong in the house and and uh, you call us upstairs to talk and and we go into your room it's more of a safe place where you you're allowed to say whatever you feel we hope our audience has enjoyed this discussion of the father-daughter relationship and that we've shared some good ideas that's it for this edition of revive family parenting in the 21st century with jeff shot we'll return soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser more effective more influential parent jeff's website is revivefamily.com Parenting in the 21st Century is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support.